This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Daytona's. Daytona's Kitchen and Creative Catering. Super Bowl pickup happening. Yes, very soon. You gotta place your order now at 622-2169. Place your order, have that food organized for Super Bowl Sunday. All you do is you put that TV on and you got the food. You enjoy that game. You get one pound of wings. Beer cheese dip with tortilla chips. Prosciutto goat cheese flatbread. A little bit of parmesan and garlic potato wedges with that as well. That is $40 per order and it will feed two to three people. Call now at 622-2169. That's Daytona's. Daytona's Kitchen and Creative Catering. Also, less than two and a half weeks away, we got Valentine's Day. It's going to look a little bit different this year, but Daytona's, Daytona's Kitchen Creative Catering is still going to offer you the same experience that you are used to have. Greatness. Starter, choice of one, seafood Newburg or confit pork belly or kale Caesar. Entry, choice of one, roasted chicken supreme. Salmon, Wellington, braced short rib. Ooh, dessert, chocolate-covered strawberries. Oh, yeah, that's it. Plus, dulce de leche cheesecake. It doesn't get better than this for Valentine's Day. There are limited spots. Call now, reserve your spot, your meal. It's $50 per person at 622-2169. That's Daytona's. Daytona's Kitchen Creative Catering. Thank you. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Brent Hackberg, your RBC Royal Bank of Canada mortgage specialist. 251-7251. I got him on quick dial. You know what that is? I press one button for a little bit longer and Brent Hackberg's number pops in my screen. 251-7251. Because if I see a house that I like and I need to make arrangements, there's only one Brand Hackberg I call, and it's Brand Hackberg, your mortgage specialist. He's been in Thunder Bay. He knows the market. He's been doing this for over 10 years. On his Facebook page, it says he is always open. That says a lot about his service. His customer service. He does it all. He's there for you. You call him. You tell him what's happening. He's going to crunch those numbers. He's telling you what you can afford. And he lets you decide how you want to work that. You know? Home buying is a major decision. He does Specialized in first home time buyers, he can move your mortgage over to the RBC and he does investment property mortgages as well. And I've been constantly following his Facebook page, Brent Hackberg, RBC Royal Bank of Canada Mortgage Specialist. As he's posting amazing articles there and updates in this crazy world right now. Today, he posted six ways to protect yourself from COVID-19 scams, right? There's a great article. You should give that a read. You should give him a call. If you're in the house, 
hunting market right now. The market is hot. You want to be pre-approved. You want to be ready. You, when you see that house, you want to make the right decision at the given time and be ready. Call 251-7251. That's Brent Hackberg. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Eat Local Pizza. Your favorite, best of the best pizza place in Thunder Bay. 801 Red River Road, 767-0000. Open for you right now. Right now it's open. Or go to www.eatlocalpizza.ca and build your own pizza. Or pick your best of the best 12 pizzas. Mm. I want to highlight the one and only amazing Valentine's Day pizzas. This year, on the 12th, on the 13th, and on the 14th, you can pick any extra-large pizza. And it's going to be made into a shape of a heart. At no extra cost. You just need to ask. Pre-ordering started a week ago. And it's not mandatory, but it is recommended. I have placed my pre-order on a heart-shaped pizza. And I hope my Valentine doesn't listen to this podcast because it's going to be a surprise. I just couldn't give away the opportunity to have that once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Heart-shaped pizza. Ooh, yes. All right. Let's talk about the 12 pizzas are the best of the best. I've previously talked about the chicken Pizza, the classic butter chicken pizza. Oh, the classic chicken butter pizza. Eat local classic butter chicken pizza. Butter chicken sauce base, chicken, mushrooms, banana peppers, mozzarella, cumin, plus a hot sauce dip. Oh, yeah. One more. One more. What about Eat local classic market meat pizza. Market sauce base, pepperoni, a local beef, local sausage, local bacon, kielbasa, and then garlic cheese curds. Yes! 767-0000. Eat local pizza. Call now. This is the Michael Lated Show, episode 63 today, ladies and gentlemen. And we have one and only... The one and only Steve Squire in the studio in the Zoom place. Please get up. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going distance today. Distance. <laughs> are, you, are you a dancer? Not usually, but my wife tries to make me dance all the time. Mm, how, how does that work? Um, doesn't really work out very well for either of us. <laughs> uh, yeah. Christmas parties at the Valhalla, right? Oh, yeah. Mm. Man, that's a lifetime ago. Wow. When was that? That was way back. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I uh, had a lot less gray hair then. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I have my hair short, but it's on the sides. <laughs> yeah, but that that's okay, right? It adds character. It adds character. Yeah, yeah. How are you doing today, Steve? Doing good. Good. Yeah. Had a had a great day at work and 
Yeah, just just rolling along, mm. getting excited for for talking with you tonight. So right on, right on. We, I don't know how this happened, but the person there's a person at Daytona, and that person knew you would be on the podcast before I said anything. <laughs> I'm gonna let a let us you know little. <laughs> You select few people know that it, it was yeah. coming. I love that. I love it. You know, I was like, what? How do you know? How do you know that? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I love it. Yeah. Mm, what, are you, what are you drinking right now? Uh, right now, I've just got a, got a glass of bourbon. Ooh, uh, you know? bourbon, nice. Yeah. yeah, ooh. Is that like Kentucky? Uh, yeah, this one's a Kentucky one, yeah. Mm, nice. Kentucky straight whiskey. Yeah. Ooh. I had espresso, so if I'm a little bit super hyped right now, uh, excuse myself. That's okay. You're going to have the jitters going in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Okay. So, Steve, I I lost you when you went away from Valhalla. Yeah. I lost a lot of people when I left Valhalla. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, things are changing. There was a lot of things happening, and everybody made their call where to go and when to go. But I remember, I think I remember we talked cars, and you got some kind of Toyota car. Yeah. Yeah, I think I remember this. And then you were like, and then before I knew it, you said, I'm moving out, out west. Yeah. Yeah, that's when I kind of, things really, really changed for me around that time. That was like one of those. You know, you have those like times in your life where it's just like you don't plan for it, but all of a sudden things just kind of pick up and they and mm. they go. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I decided to move to Saskatchewan and kind of never look back after that. Mm. Yeah. Are you born and raised in Thunder Bay? Born and raised. Yeah, I wow. was there. Uh, actually, I left the morning after my 23rd birthday and mm, wow yeah i said i just saw for a second you said the morning after the christmas party <laughs> <laughs> it'd be a rough morning to try and leave <laughs> yeah. wow wow 23 years really yeah wow how long have you been out there <sighs> well i was uh i was in saskatchewan for a few years and then i bounced around um alberta for another few years but then i've been back in in saskatoon for mm. oh probably ooh, 10 no no sorry like five five or six going on six years now that I've been nice. here, so. yeah it's booming over there isn't it yeah i mean it was i mean until kind of everything happened but uh mm. Yeah, it's kind of like one of the reasons why you know I, I chose to come out here it was it was really happening and um, you know, just wanted to kind of explore and see what was out here. Yeah, good move. I, I, yeah. that's awesome. Pack it all up. Did you fit everything in one car? I did. I, I like everything <laughs> I own in my, you know, in my my Camry, and, and like I've got the pictures of like everything's yeah. piled around me. There's like enough space for me to drive, and, and just kind of like took everything and, and left. And yeah, thank God yeah, it was an automatic I mean, because then because you couldn't shift because it was too much. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you fit it all. Wow, what a move. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Did you go in one one just right through or did you stop anywhere? 
No, when I left, I ended up stopping in Yorkton, Saskatchewan, because actually I wasn't, uh, when I first moved to Saskatchewan, I moved up north to, um, it's called Waska Sioux in the uh, Prince Albert National Park. Mm. Uh, yeah, the company that, well, we were both working for at the time there, they were uh, managing the hotel at uh, at a resort up north there, and that's that's kind of where I landed. Oh, nice. That sounds like Femois yeah. style. Pretty nice. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Eventually, I ended up there too. So. It is the castle. That's where I worked. <laughs> yeah. Is it true like Fairmont is the maybe in Canada, but how is your perception? Is like Fairmont is like the place to be for hospitality? Yeah, when it comes to the mountain properties, um, you know, Lake Louise and Banff jasper um it's it's a good place to get a crash course in in that and it's it's also a good place to good company to to be at to if you want to travel if you want to you know move around there's there's mm. just so many options that way so yeah because it's a chain right and they can you can go anywhere then yeah yeah once um, you're in. It, it's pretty as as a young cook you can you get exposed to a lot more things uh, out there than you would say in a, in a small restaurant or, mm. you know, there's just like, there's more, there's, there's a lot of money coming through the, through the place, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, you have all facets, right. You have like the super wealthy that are coming in. You know, we've, we've had people show up in helicopters and, wow. you know, you're, you're dining them for the weekend or, you know, you have people that are, you know, uh, from different parts of the world, but they've, they've saved their entire lives to come see Lake Louise and the mountains and they and they yeah. do the whole trip. So you, wow. again, you want to make that super special for them as well. So, yeah. Were you at Lake Louise? Yeah, I was at, I was at Lake Louise for three and a half years there. Oh, wow. I was at Lake yeah. Louise when they were building it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was there when, you know, they were just building it. I was just being built. That's crazy. Yeah. Mm. That's uh I was in, so that part where they would have just been building, I was, I opened, they had a restaurant there, but they had changed it one year because it was closed for, for a while. Mm. Um, and then when they reopened it, they reopened this like super authentic Italian restaurant. And I ended up working in that restaurant for, for a summer. So. Ooh, that's nice. Did, did yeah, you, it was, it was a lot of fun. Did little Joe judge you on your pasta game? <laughs> Yeah, I always get the, the throats from Little Joe every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's good to, like, I see when when you post people that like your stuff and your amazing work is there's people that are still connected with you right here in Thunder Bay, right? Yeah, mm, it's it, it's awesome. I, and that's the biggest thing, I think, like, the last couple of years for me has been like reconnecting with people there because i mean it's it's been so long I and mean, way too long since i've been back mm. um but yeah just reconnecting with with people that i grew up in the industry and, and have worked with and grew up with um has been just a really awesome experience lately yeah. um lately me and like all my buddies that i grew up with Uh, that we were all in bands together. Uh, we've been like connecting in a in a group chat and just like kind of reminiscing. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. Mm, bands? Yeah, I was uh, I was in a let me guess semi famous. Okay, let me guess. 
Okay. Okay. I, I, I have no idea, but let me guess on judging as with your appearance, I would say it was a rock band. And you you were the singer actually. No, no. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear me sing, trust me. Uh it was it was a punk band, yeah. Yeah, nice. Wow. Yeah. So mm. Do you have really long hair? Uh no, no, I was uh we, we still had the big spiky hair at the time, so Yeah. Just in the middle? The uh for a while, yeah. Yeah. Oh hawk, I rocked that for, for a good couple of years. So how did you make it so stable? And how long did that take you? Just lots of lots of hair gel. <laughs> wow. The the hair product budget was through the roof. Yeah, it's like five hundred bucks a month. Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy. Uh, yeah. It's a good time so, right? You can always look back. It was like there's just no experience like that. No, that's what we keep saying. It's like, you know, we were so lucky, you know, in hindsight, you don't realize it at the moment. So we were just so lucky to be able to, you know, that was that was high school. So it was mm. you know, we spent our, our time almost all of our free time, you know, playing music, hanging out at the Apollo. Ooh, you know, yeah. playing with all these bands like we, you know, back that was when, you know, Canada really had a really, really good punk scene. And mm. and we were playing with, with everybody that came through. So it was and we get to play with them, hang out with them. So, I mean, wow, you know, they're not crazy famous. I mean, we did hang out with some famous guys for a while. We like oh, had oh. Simple Plan come through and we hung out with them. And, but uh, it was just like to us, like those guys were like, man, they're they're doing it they're they're playing music and touring and like and you know we have all their cds and it, it was awesome so yeah like that was just a great way to you know spend high school mm. how does that feel when you meet somebody that you like you live that life in a way as well a little bit differently but like you it's almost like you look up a little bit to them but you also live it yeah it was um it was really it was really awesome too is it it gave you a lot of encouragement because i mean it, these guys were telling us too like you know keep going you guys are doing well like you're you know there was a lot of encouragement there and i mean yeah. we had a few times when they would right there on the spot be like you guys should like come on tour with us like right mm. now like we should leave tomorrow and then we'd all be like well we're 16 <laughs> we can't we've got like i got english tomorrow morning <laughs> <laughs> at nine o'clock Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Well, would you have done it though? Were you thinking about it? Oh, I, there was a, a few times where there was calls made on a payphone, and yeah, back back in the payphone days, mm. uh, to our parents, seeing if we could go on tour, and oh. always, always a no, mm. never, never let us go. <laughs> yeah. You stay right by the phone. I'll be right there and pick you up. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you're gone. Right. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Yeah, just imagine your parents would have said, yeah, let's go. <laughs> I would probably have a completely different life right now. <laughs> yes. Wow. I've never planned it. I've never played in a band, you know? Yeah, it was, I don't know. It was something that, like, started out young for me. Um, I mean, I played music really young. Like, I, I think I was five years old when I started playing piano. Oh, wow. Um, and I did that for like eight years i mean mm. i learned how to read music before i could actually read and wow. uh, like all my friends just started playing guitar and 
my dad was a was a musician back in the day, you know, pretty well known in, in Thunder Bay. Okay. Um, so he, he had a bass guitar, uh, you know, just sitting under his bed all the time. So, I, mm. you know, and then when everybody else started getting playing guitar, and I, I started pulling that out, and and then we were like, well, you know, let's start a band, and you know, I think we were, well, we were young, we were in like grade grade seven, grade eight, mm. then. So, and we just kind of kept going, and we just you know, kept us out of trouble, you know, just yeah. go and hang out and play music and try to try to make a go of it. But, you know, we just did it for fun. Like we weren't even like, we didn't even get paid to do it. Like yeah. that's the, like, we, we did it for free. We played in, you know, all these shows, like wow. we were playing once, once or twice a week, you know, a lot of times. And we didn't care about getting paid. Like we were just happy to mm. hang out with these bands and, and see music. So yeah, be part of it right there. Yeah. Mm. So you played the bass. I did, yeah. Ooh. Crazy uh, solos, too? No. Um, all my friends were a lot better than me at music. <laughs> I had to really try. So. Uh, right, because you knew, you knew notes were five years old. I can totally see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, always humble. It's okay. Yeah. Wow. Did you, did you guys release an album or songs? And, no, what, and we, what was the name? We, okay, so the name was Brunson. Mm, okay. Eventually is what it, it ended up. That's kind of what we were known for. But um, we were recording an album, and something happened to the guy that was recording it, and he, he lost everything. Oh, boy. So <laughs> if you, there's one recording out there, and it's on YouTube. Um, oh. But you, You gotta dig pretty deep for it or know somebody that knows how to get a hold of it but it's it's there it's out there oh yeah and it was like all right it, it was the first recording we ever did and it was like in the bedroom and basement of our drummer and like it's just it's it's hilarious to listen to now yeah do you um do you once in a while you check it out i guess maybe a little bit I, I pull it out every now and then, yeah. you know, or if somebody doesn't believe me, I'll, I'll pull it out. But yeah, it's good. Lately it's been, we've been, uh, we've all been sharing like the photos of like all the show posters that we have and um, a couple articles that were written about us and mm. some of like the local papers and stuff. But yeah, that's, that's beautiful. That's about all we have of that. Yeah. It was, it was a weird time because it was like just before, Because before, like, everybody had a cell phone and before, like, digital media was a thing. Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, we don't have any, we have hardly any pictures. We don't have any videos or anything. Not like now where, yeah. you know, everybody's got a camera in their pocket. So. It's true. It changed so much. Yeah. And, like, even now as a, as a band, like, I'm, it's kind of a twofold thing, I think. Like, you, it's so much easier to record now you need so much less equipment to do it. And, but there's more people doing it out there now. It, it's not as hard to get it out as it was before. So mm, it's super competitive, right? Yeah. Like it's really competitive. Like I remember we had a couple, you know, small labels telling us like, send us a, send us a demo. Mm. You know, we like you, we'll get you, you know, we'll, we'll try and sign you. But it was just the amount of money that it took to actually record was, was wow. a lot, especially when you're 16 years old, you know? Yeah. What would yeah, you I, I could have a, I could have $50 to go party or I could have $50 to go to recording. Mm. Uh, we made choices. That's know? a tough choice. That's a tough choice. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I get it. I get it. And because it was so fun too, right? And you playing anyways. Yeah, exactly. So now let's talk about high school a little bit. You you graduated, right? You didn't you didn't barely. Skip, yeah. yeah, you didn't skip town <laughs> with the band. You thought yeah. about it, <laughs> but you made it through, right? No matter what, you did it. Just yeah, yeah. And um, what was going on inside you? Did you know what you want to be? Well, that was uh, high school. In the middle of high school, I uh, is when I I took a job at the original Aurora Grill Ooh. as a as a dishwasher, and that's what really kind of changed things for me. I was there for you know six months and started doing a little bit of cooking, but mm. um, I just realized that I really enjoyed the atmosphere. I had some really good people around me, um, and. I started when I started cooking. I kind of realized I I was pretty good at it, so mm. and it was fun, and that's what um, I decided to quit that band uh, and mm. and start cooking and, and focus on that. Um, the real kicker was so both of my parents worked at at Lakehead University, mm. so I had a free tuition to university, and I did not use it. <laughs> <laughs> Like I could have been anything, could have done anything I wanted, yes. you know. I could have been a master. Like I, I had plans yeah. to to go into like the music program and the teaching program and you know different things at different points, but um, yeah, I just took cooking just kind of seemed to engulf me and take my life over. That's nice, and in, in a in a good way, and and that's what yeah, I just really pushed myself at, at that and to learn that craft. Yeah. What what was different than the band compared to the cooking? Like what was what was the choice and like what made that happen? Um I think it was the like I said, like playing music to me was was fun and I could do it, but I really had to try at it. It's one of those things that I would have had put a lot of work into it. Mm. And and not that I'm afraid of a, a hard work, but it cooking to me just it was it was it was easy mm. you know and it was easy for me to to grasp things really quickly and there's a little bit of that like instant gratification because you can you know you can put a lot of work in and then instantly have something there yeah. and ultimately the the thought of you know the thought and 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 seeing people that are happy and and smiling because you put a plate of food in front of them is, is mm. just so heartwarming. And for me, that was just like, this is, this is a lot of fun. And, and the camaraderie that you have in, mm. in your, in your brigade and your kitchen. And, you know, at the time, you know, things were a lot different. We were all partying quite a bit, but mm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that, that was a, as a, as a young cook, that was attractive as well. But, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, just the, the, the general atmosphere of it was, was just really amazing to me. And it, it, I was hooked. So. Yeah, great team, right? The, we, yeah. the the purpose all together, making something great, serving, creating. Yeah, it's, you know everybody's got their their part in it, you know, and much like like a band. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that analogy has been used before, but it's you know everybody's doing their thing to create this meal, which is which is really awesome to see. And mm. you know, at the end of a of a night you know, where you're busy and you're, you're in it. Um, 
just the the bond you feel with with the guy next to you because you 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 did that is is incredible yes yeah i can relate to that i never was on the line but like i worked front of the house mostly like when i left Valhalla, i was at bites for a bit and you know um i don't know how familiar you are with that that's right at the waterfront oh yeah yeah and it's like it's a it was it's a busy place and it was good and you know i can i can feel the kitchen you can feel it and you can see yeah. how things work together when they do but yeah also, and also when you, they're not <laughs> yeah well like and as as the front of house too you like you feel that you feel it's mm. all part of it you know it's, yes it should be you can't you can't have a successful night without a successful no and back of house mm. uh, how do you that's something we we really try to we approach differently um in our restaurants in our company yeah um, it's it's something we really try to we're trying to change the stigma of, of those types of things i like that and i want to yeah. dive into that actually because i think it's a very interesting fact how do you as a chef handle that with the front of the house and the back of the house um, I, I try to teach my team. It's not, it, there's no battle. We're not trying to, if we're not against them, you know, it's not the front of house, back of house. We, we're all one team. We're all one family and we don't, we, we, we fail and we succeed together. And that's, that's just it. And I, at the same time, I don't, we have no patience for people who don't want to play that way either. Mm. Um, it is made very clear, very quickly if you do want to be like that, then that's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's, and we find that to be a very successful model. We very often, we have a lot of people, both back of house uh, employees and front of house employees will come in. And after a, you know, a few shifts, they're like, wow, this place is like really different. Like yeah, everyone gets along and, and, and everyone's so nice. And, you know, I've had like a handful of, of front of house staff come up to me and they're like, Hey, like you're, you're not a chef that yells at us. Like, thanks. Like that's, mm. that's really awesome. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to get anywhere yelling at you. Like, that's just not my, my style. I mean, there's a time and a place, but mm-hmm. you know, it loses its effect if I yell at you every day. Yeah. I almost feel like the terminology is like the imprint of a border. I feel, yeah. like, I feel like this should be revised in um, the hospitality business where you don't say those things anymore. Yeah, you you know it's just just it should be in the naming to be together already. Yeah, and that's and that's exactly how we 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 kind of treat it. Um, you know, we have we have a rigorous training program for for all of our team members that come in, and that's it. It is in there right in our training that like it it's not a it's not a battle. It's not anything. It's mm. you know it, we're here for each other. We're here to help. We're here to you know ultimately. We're here to provide the best experience we can for the people to walk through our doors. And, you know, we, we really try to explain to people that that happy person walking through is, you know, like they're, they're paying your paycheck. Like they're the reason why you're here. It's true. So if if you don't want to respect them for that, Mm -hmm. then, you know, you don't have a place here. And, And ultimately you have to respect your team to, to do that as well. I mean, one big thing I always tell anybody that enters my team is, you know, in the beginning you have a hundred percent of my, you know, respect and you have a hundred percent of my trust. 
and that's yours to lose. Mm. That is, you know, that that's what I'm giving you. And now you have to work to, to keep it. Yeah. Yeah. You subtract. Yeah. Mm. Do you think addition is a possibility too? Like over a hundred percent? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, you have, you, you have to like look at people as individuals as well. I, I feel um, it's, nothing you don't get anything out of you know blanket statements and blanket thoughts on people um you know like it's some people are there to come in do their job and go home yeah. and that's all they want to do and some people are there to you know learn something new and some people are there to climb the ladder and try and gain a position in, in our company and you know to you have to work with everybody individually and and work with them differently um, you know, so that's a big, big thing for, for me. Um, and, and keeping in contact with, with my team is, is huge. I, you know, I, I sit down with them individually, you know, quite often, but I also, I just talk to them every mm. day, treat them, treat them with respect, treat them like a human being and, you know, talk to them, you know, and I, I finally, you get the, you get the best out of people that way and they're happy to be there. You know, they know you care and they're going to put that same effort into what you're asking them to do. Yeah. Do you think a chef is like a, a coach, like a coach in soccer? Is that like a chef would be the same in a way? Yeah, um, definitely. And I have actually been a coach as a chef as, as well. Uh, yes. You know, my my apprentice um, has been in a few you know, national competitions and, and I've had to go with her as, as her coach. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very much that you're, your coach, you're directing, you know, traffic. Like it's, it's a weird thing is a, to be an ambitious chef because you are working, you, you spend so much time on your craft and learning it and learning how to, you know, innovate and do these things and, and put the best food out there. But you're ultimately working, so that you don't have to do those things anymore, mm -hmm. which is a concept. Um, so, I mean, I very seldomly am actually cooking in the restaurant anymore. I'm just, you know, standing there kind of directing traffic, you know, plating some dishes and, and that's it. And, you know, that's, that's the biggest, um, I think that's the biggest hurdle for a lot of chefs is learning how to step away from being that, that cook And how to manage people and how to, mm, you know, yeah. manage the, the environment around you. Yeah, it sounds like you are in the big symphony and you are the conductor. And you, oh. you, you, everything you do gets the night going this way or that way. Oh, yeah, very much. I mean, I kind of learned very quickly in my, my career that as the leader of that team, you set the tone for that that day or that service or whatever it is. So if, if I go in there and I'm not, you know, doing well and I'm angry about something and I let that boil over into, into my staff, well, then my staff is going to feel like that. You know, my team's going to feel that they're going to yes. act. If I go in happy, joking around to them, you know, they're going to be that way too. They're going to be relaxed and calm. So ultimately when, if they're relaxed and calm and I'm giving them some feedback or some criticism, it's, it's received a, well, you know, if I come in combative towards them, um, you know, just in general, 
they're they're not gonna they're gonna be scared and i've been in those situations i've had you know chefs and sous chefs like yelling at me screaming at me you know for you know five minutes at a time you know over a little tiny mistake like more sauce yeah, bolognese right now <laughs> exactly like or, you know like oh why don't you have this like why isn't it ready and i'm like well, well you know just and, look at the salad where's the vinegar <laughs> yeah like it's it's ridiculous and it's like you're not gonna get like now i'm you know now i'm i'm on edge and i'm worried about everything and That's i've it. seen it time and time again where you you get somebody like that who they're they're worried they're on edge and they just start making mistake after mistake after mistake and yeah i think the signs of a good leader you know not only in the kitchen but you know in any situation is is to recognize that and to be like okay you know you need to let's calm you down like do you need to step away do you what do we need here like you know i always look at it as like what i don't look at those situations as like okay somebody screwed up or somebody has you know they can't do that or they don't know i i i start to reflect within and be like, okay, what can I do to help them? Mm. What can I do to make them better? Because I, I need to give them the tools to succeed. You know, anybody can, anybody can cook. It's, it's not a hard thing to do, but I need to give them the tools to be able to do it. Mm. And, and you have to recognize people's limits as well. You can't, you know, I can't put a, a fresh culinary student, you know, out there to start you know cooking steaks because well they probably haven't done a whole lot of it and you gotta you gotta get them in there so it's it's knowing knowing how to 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 read people and really recognize what they're good at Mm. is that easy for you i find it to be easier um you know it's one of my things i've always said is like uh, i i've always you know, coming up, I've had chefs be like, well, what are you going to do with, with a troublesome employee or this and that? And it's like, well, I'm going to look at what that person's good at and I'm going to, I'm going to exploit that. Mm. So if they're good at doing this section of the kitchen, I'm going to exploit them doing really well and it's going to build their confidence and they're going to, you know, they're going to feel very comfortable. And then you can start little things. Okay. Well, why don't you start doing this thing? And, Mm. and you guide them through it and you give them there and, it's just all about building confidence with people. Uh, they learn so much quicker when, when they're, they feel like they, they can do it, you know, and they feel like they have the tools to mm. do it. Do you have the time like on the line when something's happening and you, you see it? Like, I know you're explaining it and I, I believe you, but like in that moment, I'm amazed how you can, how you are able to guide and help. It's, it's a lot of preparation. Mm. So it's, you know, it's getting, again, it's, it's all part of getting to know the people around you and getting to know your, your team, um, knowing their skill level. Uh, you know, they, it, it doesn't always work. That's for sure. Like, yeah, I've had a lot of situations where it's that kind of thinking has blown up in my face, but that's also why you have the other members of your team. Um, because I just, you know, I, I tell my, my sous chefs that, you know, they, they look at how I manage a team and I tell them that's how they, they need to manage a team as well. I mm. mean, there's, so I can tell them, be like, okay, like, you know, so-and-so is, is struggling over, over there tonight. They need a hand right now. Like go pull them out of it. And I'll tell them like, 
one, their station is dirty and they're not managing their bills, you know, in a proper way. So they go over there and be like, okay, Hey, let's stop for a second. Let's clean up your station. Let's manage these. Let's get you ready. Let's reset you. And then it's like, okay. So, and then they go through and tell them like, okay, well, this is why this is happening. So try to work on that. And it's, it's not going to, it's not like turning on a light switch, you know, it's, it's mm. going to take a few times, but I like that to see, to see the, the, the light in a, in a cook's eyes when they finally understand when they go through a service and go, wow, I kept my station clean the entire time. And that was really easy. Mm. And I go, so why, why did that happen? And they, you know, you make them try and find it. Um, and I had some really good chefs in, in my life that did that for me, you know, made me come up with like, why was that easy for you? Why did that go really well? And it's like, okay, this is why. Mm. Interesting. I love that explanation. Thank you. Yeah. How many years? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's, it's just, it, it's a change in our, in our industry that um, is happening, but it, it definitely needs to happen. It's not, uh, it's not the way it used to be. So. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you are right now at this amazing place in Saskatoon. Yes. Yeah. Picaro. Yeah. So I'm the executive chef of Picaro. Picaro. Uh, see my Spanish. Uh, tacos and, and cocktails. And I'm also the executive chef of Cohen's Beer Republic. Ah. Okay. Wow. Busy you. Well, we have. We also are. The exclusive caterers for the Alt Hotel here in Saskatoon, mm. and for a uh, another venue just outside of the city called Crossmount, um, which is like a retirement village, cidery, and event space. And there's a it's a really beautiful area out there. So there's just weddings nonstop, nonstop uh, weddings. <laughs> and then we we also have a uh, a butcher. Butcher shop slash artisan charcuterie uh, shop that we acquired about a year ago um, that I kind of oversee uh, with our team, and we're uh, also in negotiating another contract for a uh, food subscription through a food locker um, kind of thing right now. It's awesome, yeah, it's crazy. And then our company also has. Uh, another uh, restaurant here in town, which um, my uh, my buddy Alex is the executive chef there. Who's mm. he's an amazing chef on in his own right. So, okay, that sounds like you are busy. Yeah, the pandemic, you know, slowed us down, but we we did a couple things during shutdown. Signed a couple of those those long term contracts that mm. you know really are doing well for us and and will pay off once we can actually start you know, doing some, some weddings and, and some banquet uh, things and catering. So, yeah. How long have you been at the, at the restaurant b before COVID? Uh, well, I was there. So we were approached um, to open that restaurant in 2016, 2017. Ah. Um, so I was, I was there um, as we were building it, um, you know, ground ground up we, we we bought the building and we just you know took everything down to 
down to the dirt um, and, and just built a, a new restaurant, which it's, was super fun because I got to actually design a kitchen. Yes, um, yes. Uh, me and my our corporate chef uh, Chris Hill. So me and me and Chris have been working together for ten years now. Wow. Um, he was he was actually so up at Elkridge, the resort that I moved to from Thunder Bay. <laughs> he was the chef that hired me there, yeah. and we've just been bouncing around together for the last ten years. And when we were at Lake Louise, um, we worked with with Alex Stevenson. Um, and then we, uh, we slowly, we ended up, you know, a few years later, moving back to Saskatoon, we moved to the, we were at the, the Besboro hotel, mm. um, which is the iconic castle on the river. It's an old railway hotel here. Um, and, uh, so we, we were there for about a year and a half and we, we eventually convinced Alex to come work with us as well. So, um, yeah, we got approached uh, to open these restaurants and then we had to, we kind of sold them on. We come as a package team. Like mm. there's, there's no doubts about that. So we package. Yeah. Three. yeah. So we, uh, we ended up there. So yeah, we've been there since, uh, yeah, 20, I think late 2016, 2017. Yeah. Okay. So that is at that time in your career, that was the first time where you, you went from ground up building something, right? Yeah, that was that was really interesting. I mean, I was a couple of restaurants in my career until then, but mostly hotels and and big hotels. So, um, yeah, this was it was really really interesting to be a part of that process and uh, you know starting something from scratch uh, was a lot of hard work for sure. Um, and <laughs> the big kicker was. Uh, I remember Chris came back to me one day and was like, okay, they, they want to open this restaurant. Like, do you want to know what type of restaurant they want to open? And I was like, all right. And he's like, they want to do Mexican Latin food. Mm. And I just like blankly stared at him. because I was, at that point, anybody who knew me, I was like, I don't want to cook Mexican food. I don't want to cook Latin food. That's not me. I don't want to do it. <laughs> it's, I don't like, it's great. I love eating it, but I just, it's, I don't want to do it. Yeah. And then here I am <laughs> opening a taco restaurant. So. Mm. Yeah, but you, you don't, this, the beauty is so you're a chef. So as you previously said, you don't have to be in, like cooking all the time. That's, that's okay, right? Then yeah. you, you don't have was, to make tacos every day. No, you don't have to. It's, mm. But it's, uh, it's a lot of fun once I, once I got into it. So. Yeah, you know, that's life. Life throws you those curveballs where you say, I will never do this. And then it happens. <laughs> oh yeah, tell me, man, there's full of curveballs. You gotta, you gotta roll with it. Yes, and that's the beauty of it. That's why nowadays I don't say anymore, never or no. I just always try to leave it open. Yeah, same here. Like, as, like I said, I never, never thought any of these situations would would happen. But you know, I've done so much in my career now that that I never thought I would. I mean, last year I I was cooking on the middle of a in the middle of an ice like an ice rink mm. for, you know, a bunch of people. And like it was like, well, check another one off the box. I just cooked on a, you know, on a WHL ice rink. So That's, Yeah, well it's on my bucket list too, but I not, I didn't get that yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you have a like a bucket list as a cook? As a chef? 
no, I don't have a bucket list, but like, I don't know. When I was young, I had, I had like goals that I wanted to get to. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was pretty good at hitting those goals in that timeline that I, that I wanted. Um, but then I'd only done it till I was like 30. And then I didn't really think about it after that. And I struggled for a couple of years after that. Cause I was like, and I could, I didn't know why. And, and I finally realized I'm like, I didn't, I didn't really plan my life out past that. So mm. now I'm like, you know, I had to like rethink everything, set new goals. Like I had new things thrown at me and, and yeah. So it's, mm. it's not so much a bucket list, but just more ambitions, I guess okay. that, that you want to do. Yeah. So you do think about that kind of thing. Well, you have to, or else, you know, you're not really, you end up stagnant. You're not moving forward. So you have to mm. think about what's the next thing. Um, you know, in, in our company, we, you know, at Taste Restaurants, we, we plan five years out, wow. 10 years out, you know, you know, they're, 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 you start getting out there, they're loose plans, but there's, mm. there's some solid, you know, five year, 10 year, you know, plans that are, that are out there that, a lot of them involved other cities and things like that. So, I mean, we, you know, who knows where we're going to be. Uh, you know, we never thought something like this pandemic would happen either. So it's true. Again, you, you just got to pivot and, and keep moving and keep looking for the next thing. Cause it, that's, I find that all the, all the good chefs, all the great chefs um, and not just the famous ones, like, you know, you, you know, guys like Andrew Stone, like you know, what he's done during the pandemic with, with Daytona is, is great. I love seeing that, you know, he, he really looked at it and pivoted and, and looked what you can do. And, yeah. you know, you, you gotta, especially right now, I was, I was just telling some people that um, during this pandemic, there's, there's so many uh, things, you know, problems that have popped up with this new way of life that, and, and you almost have to anticipate those problems and you have to think about those solutions to those problems that don't exist yet, or the problems that people don't know that are there yet. And, mm. and you have to think of those solutions to, to move forward and, and to be part of that. And it's, it's so fast paced that we don't want to get left behind. And, yeah. Know. It's very competitive too, right? Restaurant business. Very much. And in Saskatoon, we have, you know, we're one of the largest per capita, you know, cities that have red, like largest restaurants per capita, like before pandemic, people love going out here. Like they just, mm. I was like, nobody liked cooking because they just all want to come out. So. Yeah. Now the question I wanted to ask earlier was how many covers do you do a night when before COVID times at that place? Uh, before COVID, um, between the two restaurants, you know, Picaro is a smaller space, so we can seat about 40 in there. So you're wow. probably doing, you know, 60, 60 covers in a, in a regular night. Yeah. Um, Cohen's is a bigger space. It's, uh, we can, with the patio in Cohen's, we're, we're probably about a hundred to 110 seats. Mm. So you're you're probably doing uh you know, 150 covers there. Yeah, that's busy in a, in a day. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because then the you the line cooks they 
just to put this in perspective for me, right? Because I like to, you know, you know, rush hour, you know, when comes things come together, you know, when the ticket pops up nonstop, you put it on there. But just to see, like, you know what the line can handle, and then sometimes it just keeps popping up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, this thing said do. Happen. Yeah, it's... It, it, it definitely has happened um, where it just keeps going and going and going. But uh, again, you, you got to rely on as, as a chef and a leader, you just got to rely on your, your experience and your, you know, your, your talent and, and rely on your team. You know, if you don't, if you don't trust those people, then you're not getting through that. You yeah. know? So, yeah. Okay. Wow. You explained already a little bit of your journey. now. I like it. you, I want to bring it a little bit back to when you when you had that job for six months in Thunder Bay. And you said, okay, this is it, and I like this. Like, it was a very strong connection for you. Yeah. So, It's, uh, yeah, a really in, informative time for me to get involved there, I guess. Yeah. Was, yeah. And then you, after high school, you made it through... And then you said, okay, this is it. What, what am I going to do now? Well, I kind of, I kind of made that decision during high school. I, you know, I still remember the night that I was laying in bed and I was like, okay, are you actually going to do this? Like, are you, is this what you're going to do? And so you know, the next day, you know, told my parents that what I wanted to do and, you know, and I, You know, I remember my mom saying to me, she says, that's, that's great. Um, but if you're going to do it, you, you gotta, you have to do it. You have to go as far as you can mm. and you have to push yourself. And, you know, to her, you know, at that time that meant, you know, get my red seal and make sure that you, you accomplish something. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you change your mind. Like she always said, you can change your mind and go do something else, but like accomplish something, mm. you know, get something under your belt. It, you know, get that because nobody can take that away from you. And, I, and that was a really big motivator for me. Mm. Is that your drive? Is that like you are, you are ambitious or is this being like the way you were raised? Um, I'd say a little bit of both. I was always ambitious. I always had, you know, I always, you know, jumped into things and, and did them. Um, and at the same time, you know, I watched my, my mother get her, you know, business degree from Lakehead part-time, you know, at night mm. while she was raising a family of, you know, three kids. It's crazy. Um, you know, I, and there were some sacrifices like, you know, she would, she wasn't at my football games in high school because she was at, at school and it, and it took her eight years to do it. Mm. But you know, the, the day that I got to go see her graduate was amazing. Like everyone was so proud of her and I'm still proud of her for that. That was a, such an accomplishment mm. for her to do. Um, and something that she never thought she would do um, in her life, you know, it just wasn't in the cards for her, you know, growing up. So that was, that was just so amazing to see. And that's where I kind of like, you know, mm. that, that really pushed me to be like, okay, like I have to get this done. I have to do this. And, and yeah. Yeah. That drew inspiration for you. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. So you were like, okay, all in. That's it. Yeah. And 
at the time, if I could go back and meet that kid today, <laughs> I'd probably slap him and be like, give me a head shake, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's always easier said than done, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was uh, for me at the time, like, yeah, like I said, I was, I was in love with it and I knew I was going to do it and, and take it as far as I could and keep pushing myself. And, you know, I had some great mentors around me um, and it was heartbreaking to watch those same mentors fall out of the industry mm. for all the reasons they told me, you know, you got to fight past this. You can't let yourself get down on these things and, you know, don't let, you know, you're not going to make any money. So like, just be prepared for that. And, you know, and then when it push came to shove, they, they kind of packed it in for a while. Mm. Um, a lot of them have gone back to it, which I'm, I'm super, super happy to hear about. Um, Cause they're just, I looked up to those guys as phenomenal cooks and, and they taught me so much, but uh, yeah. And it, that was also a drive for me. It was like, you know, I need to make this work. I need to, I need to find a way to, to make this happen because this is what I love doing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, Thunder Bay changed a lot in the, the food scene and the restaurants. Like there was a big push a while back, but you were I don't think you were here anymore. No. And after like for me in Thunder Bay, um the the Valhalla at that time was like the the place to go like you you got paid the best you made the best food it was mm. you know they were still doing things from scratch um and then to get into you know the nordic dining room at the time was such a huge thing and then when i was actually you know essentially running the nordic dining room that was that was phenomenal i thought it was the top of the world then mm. <laughs> and i was not ready for that that's for sure <laughs> But it was, you know, and like I, I guess I just looked at it like, okay, I, I got here and I did it. Yes. And I pushed hard to do it, but I just kind of like looking around and going like, well, what's what's the next move? Mm. And at, at that time, it was like, you know, I mean, as you know, it just seemed to be like the same group of like, you know, seven chefs that would just rotate the city. Mm. And like, okay, now now he's at this hotel and he's at this restaurant. And then three years later, it'd be like, all right, now he's moved over here. And mm. so I, I just didn't want to get caught up in that. And it was uh, – so I, I took a trip to, to England um, with Man- my nan. Yeah. Manchester and- United. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when I got back from that, I think it kind of just gave me a little sense of the world and – Yeah, you know, I decided that I needed to get out for a bit, and Mm -hmm. weirdly, I kind of knew I wouldn't come back. But yeah, I'd never say never, right? It was Thunder Bay is still my home. I I love it, but yeah, it's just there's Mm -hmm. there's there's, it wasn't wasn't for me. Yeah, it was like you were destined to be somebody somewhere else. Yeah. So that's why I, at least the way I like to think about it. I mean, I, you, you, everybody has a path in life and this is just where, where mine has taken me. Yeah. It's beautiful. Why not? How was England? Yeah. 
it's good. It was a lot of fun. I spent a lot of time with a lot of old ladies because, you know, my, my nan was, you know, you know, she was getting up there at the time and, you know, but it was good. I, I met all my, like tons of family there. Like, so it was, it was a, a really good experience because it wasn't a touristy experience. It was, it was, a you know, being part of the English family and, and being, you know, welcome to the open arms. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Where were you? Uh, spent a lot of my time in Watford, ah. so just outside of London. Yeah, and yeah. Then spent a few days in London as as well, but uh, yeah, it wasn't so much a go and sightsee trip. It was just hang out at, uh, with family, and I got to I watched uh, Watford play twice mm-hmm. when I was there. But that's back when they were like they weren't a an EPL team. They were in the they were in the, the Coca-Cola championships at the time. So they were, they were a nothing team, but yeah. once I saw them in, in the Premier League, I was like, hey. Yeah, I know that place. I've been there. <laughs> it was a dump when I was there, but yeah, it looks better now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how things change. Yeah. yeah. Did you, did you actually watch a game when you were down there? Yeah, I watched two games when I was there. My my cousin uh, took me to a couple of them, and they were, yeah, so much fun. It was just like if, if you go anywhere in Europe, you gotta go see a, a football match because it's, it's like you, the essential, you know, experience. Yeah. Did you lose your voice? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> like how far into the game? I <laughs> uh, like yeah, halfway for sure. But I mean, I was that Canadian guy that's there. He's got a brand new, you know, shirt on. Like, <laughs> check out this shirt I bought ten minutes ago. Yay. <laughs> Yeah, did you actually get a Manchester United jersey, or what did you get? I got a Watford jersey when I was there. Ah, you got that yeah. one. Okay, good. Yeah, you gotta. You still have it? Some... Yeah, I do. Nice. I keep all my jerseys. Yeah. Yeah, you got to. That's awesome. Got. I've got that old uh, Manchester jersey that I used to wear to the bar when we go play foosball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You you put that on now when you go for a run, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you handle all the stress? Chef life is, I I can only imagine, but like in if in your last year and a half, all the properties, all the growing, all the management, how how do you handle it? Yeah, that's definitely been a a big thing for me in the last few years. Um, Actually, this year I was uh, diagnosed with uh, an anxiety disorder, mm. um, and it's something that I've had my entire life um, mm. and been dealing with. Um, but so it's been a it's been a big, big, big learning curve um, the last few years. Um, you know, my wife uh, also has uh, an anxiety disorder, and and we're not we're not shy about it. Um, we like to you know we're not preaching to people about it, but we're, you know, we're, we're open about it because it's been a very big uh, journey for us together. And the pandemic was a real step forward for, for us. So, I mean, stress right now is I had to really learn how to turn myself off when I came home mm. and draw that line uh, of, okay, to, it's it's home time now, mm-hmm. and, and now I'm home, so I'm not doing work. Yeah, I might answer a few texts or emails, or I might look at the cameras or yeah. something like that, but it doesn't 
overtake my life as it used to. Mm. You know, I used to like come back from, from work when I was younger and it's like right into cookbooks and documentaries and I'm writing out dishes and ideas and things like that. And, um, I just found that I was like very one dimensional as a person. It was like, I'm Steve the chef mm. and that's it. And, and I just wasn't really happy with that. And, and that was all part of like, once I realized that I didn't have any goals after I made my goal of becoming an executive chef. Yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, right now it's, you stress and, and anxiety go hand in hand. So managing that is, is, you know, a big part of my life outside of the kitchen, but it's been a really good part this year and finding what works for me and, and the tools. Um, you know, I, I say very often that it's filling up your toolbox with the tools to, to, you know, help yourself with that. Um, you know, as much as I like to give other people the tools to succeed, I, I need to give myself uh, the tools to succeed as well. And um, I used to live by a, a motto when I was younger and I kind of got away from it. And I, it, it, I always used to say the most important person at the end of the day, when you're closing your eyes is you. Mm. And that's not a selfish thing. It's just, you have to worry about you so that you can help other people. And, and enjoy the other people in your life. And I, and I got away from that. So very much back to it's, you know, I have to help myself so I can enjoy and, and help the people around me. Mm. Okay. That's a good one. This uh, somehow this has come up a multiple times now with multiple guests and with the, um, with what I'm about to say now, this like you born alone and you, you die alone. Which might sound really brutal right now, but I, I don't mean anything pessimistic about it. It's just, it's just the fact. Yeah. Right? And you, as a being, you go through that experience yourself. So, and I, I strongly feel that you can only perform as good as you can if you are in check with yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that is 100% it. And, You know, I've been on some some larger stages, you know, showing off my craft and my ideas and you you can't do that if if you don't you know, if you don't believe in yourself. Yes. That's that's the biggest thing. Um and that's it's taken it's taken, you know, thirty something years here to figure that out. But I mean and and I think every day like how, how things could be different if I knew that when I was younger, but mm. you also realize that's, that's, that's life. That's growing up. You're, yeah. you, you're not supposed to know that when you're, no. you know, 20 you, years old. Yeah. Plus you got where you are now and you thinking about it. That's like, some people don't even get there. Yeah. Um, you know, there's life to me is, is, and this is, this is going to get real deep here, but um, life to me is, is, is about it's it's a it's an ebb and flow right it's it's a it's the give and take um and you you have to go through the low points and go through the tragedies to to get the success and get the you know get the happiness um mm. it's happiness is is at a cost um it really is so you have to and and to know that and to manage your way through it is is one of the biggest skills you can have in life mm. 
Yeah, I think life is actually really hard. Yeah, life is really is. It is not a sugarcoating. It's not easy. You know, I think the experience in itself is hard. Yeah, I mean, I got faced with some really tough things. You know, at points in my life where I didn't think I'd have to be dealing with those, and and it was it was insane. I mean, uh, I lost my mom when I was twenty six. Oh wow. And that, that was, you know, that was a life changer. You know, it, it's a life changer no matter what age you are to, to lose a parent. But it's early, it, yeah. that early, it, it, it definitely, you know, it definitely shapes a lot of things that I, that I do and the, the person and how I, you know, manage life now mm-hmm. it has a lot to do with it. Yes. The, I like your explanation on how you manage stress and you know i feel you you there's anxiety but and i see i understood a little bit of your mindset like you setting your mind for things but do you how do you do it this is like you is it a meditation you don't have to tell me how you do it but like i don't know exactly or do you do you work out or it's um I look at it a well, It's it's a couple things. Um, you know, for me, making sure I get a good night's sleep mm. is like that's number one. I, if I don't have a good night's sleep, I'm not set up for the like day. Like four hours is okay for you? Oh yeah, no. <laughs> it's like I, I need like you know seven hours of sleep. Like I, I got to make sure. That. Um, you know, exercise is huge, uh, especially with with anxiety. So I mean, um. I, you know, I have two dogs, so I'm walking them mm. anywhere from three to five kilometers a day. Um, and then working out as, you know, much as I can, I, the working out thing is really, it was sporadic here and there for years, but uh, when the pandemic hit, um, both me and me and Tegan, we, my wife, we, we kind of like, we, it was one of those situations right, where you're like, ah, if we had time. Like if we don't have any time, it's like, you know, we both work in hospitality. Yes. So it's like, you know, the hours are weird and this and that. So I can't go to the gym or I can't do this. And yes. Then the pandemic hit and we were like, hmm. well, we don't have any excuses anymore. Like we need to do something. And so we just, you know, we, we focused on trying to make um, good habits, mm-hmm. you know, good choices. So yeah, like sleep, uh, make sure I got my, like walk my dogs. You know, I, I work out, you know, right now I'm only working out like two, three times a week, but just making sure that when I have that time, work out yeah. and then eating, eating right, like making sure that diet's there. Like again, it's, I, I put eating right at like the same level as like getting sleep. Like mm-hmm. if I'm going to eat like garbage, I'm not setting myself up for anything. So, um, you know, make sure we have a, a good diet. I mean, like obviously like we, we ate very well before, like we didn't eat processed foods and things like that. I mean, it's it's a big big given for us you know don't drink pop Mm. that kind of thing but we just kind of made some smarter choices on what we were eating at what points in the day so you know Mm. we try not to eat carbs at at night you know Mm. um that's a big one for us and you know we we challenge each other to to keep on these tracks and we end up like drink water like like it's so huge like maybe like every day we get home from work i'm like did you drink your water today? Or if I get home, she's like, did you drink your water today? I'm like, no, go get some water. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. It's those little things, right? Yeah. Yeah. And to doing it together as a team is perfect. 
Oh, for sure. It's it's to have somebody there to keep you in check. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your favorite snack, though? Oh, yeah. I go all over the place, but uh, yeah, you know, good good cheese and charcuterie. I'm I'm, I'm oh, there. Yeah. Mm, nice. I guess it helps to have a charcuterie shop around the corner too. Yeah, is that the one you featured on the story? Yeah, that's you know, that's that's part of a, what we do there. Yeah. Yeah, it looks beautiful. Yeah, you know Lorenzo, our, our butcher. He's he's from Italy, and man, just knows what he's doing and makes amazing things. And you can throw something at him, like, "Hey, can you make this?" He's like, "Yeah, sure." Mm. He's just like, "There you go." So wow, yeah, it takes time though, right? You, mm-hmm. you can't make that overnight. No, and that's that's the the beauty of it. We get to see that transformation. I mean, we do whole legs of prosciutto, mm. and like, it takes two years to make a wow. leg of prosciutto. Wow! So, but when it's done, it's it's amazing to be like, here's a leg of prosciutto that was made with you know pig from Saskatchewan. Like, mm. This is a local product. Yeah. So. That's that's pretty rare, right? You can't, you can't get that anywhere, really, do you? No, that's that's what's the beauty of this. Like, you know, all of our pork that we use is is raised here in in Saskatchewan, and mm. you know, it's it's just a real nod. I mean, farming such a a huge culture and and way of life out here that it's we try to give that little nod to to that any time we can. Yeah, it's local. I've never been to Saskatoon. I think it's like the only place I skipped. Really? A lot of people skip it, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> feel bad about this, you know, because I want to go. And I heard good things about it. And I should go one of these days once the world is back to normal. I would really love to see it because all I hear is good things. And which leads me to the question I want to ask is with the local. Like Thunder Bay is, is a very mm, tight community We've been learning to even work closer together during the pandemic. How is that in a bigger city for you? Um, that's one of the things that really drew me to this city when I when I moved here. Um, I loved it because it was it had that it has that feeling of Thunder Bay where you know everybody knows each other and you know you're you're a tight knit community, but it also has like the amenities of a of a big city, which is really nice. Um, but we also like we're very proud out here of Saskatchewan and and everything we do and raise and mm. I mean as you I mean you, you follow me on Instagram you know I'm always promoting something from Saskatchewan and that's that's what it is and, and especially with the the farming community um, we don't get the the praise of it as much and the one of the things that really surprised me when I when I moved here was just how much was here, mm. you know, for a chef. Like there's just so many amazing things um, that they're that grow here and are raised here. So um, yeah, it's it's to to take that nod and and to look at it and and to really you know push that at, at the forefront, which we do in our company. It's one of our values is to really do that as much as we can. I mean. I run a taco restaurant, so I'm not exactly getting jalapenos from Saskatchewan in January, but mm. you know, you, you do do what you can um, in that respect. So it's, yeah, that it's very much a Saskatchewan first kind of mentality out here, but mm-hmm. you know, everybody, 
you people will be the first to to stop and help you out you know when you're in Saskatchewan for sure yes but it's also a sense of supporting each other yeah, yeah. it's it's a hundred percent what it is uh you know we just want to see you want to see everybody mm-hmm. do well that's good I like that and I'm I'm happy that local is as big as it's here. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I love. Kind of like looking back at you know what's going on you know back there and you know seeing everything that's starting to pop up. Like I love that nice the restaurant boom that happened there because I was like, man, that's like I wish that city could could just could just do it. And mm. that's the way Saskatoon felt for a long time. You know, we always said like. Oh man, like we would love to open this style of restaurant, but it wouldn't really happen here. And it took, you know, one person, you know, with some, a little bit of celebrity to come back and do that. And yeah. it really started the push. So. Mm-hmm. Do, do you like spicy food then? Yeah, I love spicy food. <laughs> you into the spicy food? Okay. So you had Yeah, that. for sure. Yeah. You, so you're eating this dish with all those jalapenos every day? The, the, what is it called? The one with the green ones? They're all lined up and it's like, Two out of ten is spicy. You gotta take your shot. Oh, the shishitos, shishito peppers. Oh, the shishito. Yeah, see, I, uh, see, I'm not a chef. Yeah, <laughs> that was. Uh, yeah, I kind of brought that one to the city here, um, mm. and yeah, we, we always tell people we're like it's like the Russian roulette of peppers because uh, <laughs> you know one out of ten spicy, and you just you know I love seeing people. You get that at the table, and you see like a group of four people, and they're like, "Okay, who's going to do it first? And then it's every time someone takes a bite, they're looking for the spicy one, and mm. it's just so much fun. Yes, yes. And you you eat it every day, right? Well, I wouldn't say every day, but you know, <laughs> it's around. <laughs> yeah. Is is there food too spicy for you too, or you've been pretty adoptive there? Yeah, I, you know, I get there. Um, actually have a few sauces on the menu that um like we have a a wing flavor sauce that is a uh, sea buckthorn and habanero Ooh. and i made some the other day of course i have to taste it and i'm just like just dying i'm dying i'm like oh my god i'm like who made this <laughs> like who came up with this recipe it's terrible <laughs> It's so hot. Mm. And then, uh, you know, one of my cooks is laughing at me. And I was like, well, you take a spoonful. And he takes one. And he's like, oh, man. He's like, I can't do this. <laughs> Did you still feel your tongue? Was it okay? Yeah. I, I, the next day, I think I got some feeling back there. Oh, wow. Ooh. Yeah, sea buckhorn is really rich in vitamin C. Yeah, it's amazing. It's uh, It grows all over the place here. Like, yeah. People just don't know what to do with it. So it's, I, uh, I try to use it as much as possible. Interesting. I'm more familiar with it in like um, organic uh, skin products. Yeah. It's good for the skin, like um, hand cream or whatever. It's, that's where I came across it. Well, we use it for so much out here. Like we... Um, yeah, we make sauces out of it, desserts. I've fermented the sea buckthorn berries for a while. That was pretty good. And there's like, you know, jams and, mm. and gelatos and ice creams. Like, Oof. yeah, people use, use it for so much out here. Nice. How does it they use the leaves, the leaves for tea, which is really, really nice. So tea drinker, you are a tea drinker. Yeah. Here and there. Yeah. But, uh, no coffee. we, we used to, we have a, pretty good tea program at the the restaurant that we yeah. like to do but yeah coffee for sure yeah that's a big one mm. okay so, so how's the morning routine for you like 
You said seven hours of sleep. You know, you take days off too, right? Yeah, I usually I, I take my two days off in a, a week. The restaurants are closed on Sunday right now, so that's mm-hmm. nice. You always have one day off. Mornings, oof, <laughs> they can vary. Yes, they can. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, depends on what time my wife works in the morning. Uh, Tegan works. We only have one vehicle, so yeah, same here. Um, I drive drive her to work in the morning. Mm. So uh, lately, our schedules have kind of been pairing up a little bit. Um, she's a, a the F and B manager at the Besborough Hotel where I used to be. So oh, okay. uh, she, uh, yeah, um, most mornings it's probably she she'll work maybe a little bit earlier than me, so it'll drive her to work. Come home, walk the dogs, you know, quick cup of coffee, quick breakfast, and then get ready and go to bed or go to work. Um, yeah, yeah. Try I try to get to work at about ten ten thirty in the morning. That's so. good. Yeah, because I, I need a little bit of time to kind of get up and and do things, and at the same time, you know, we don't have a backyard, so with the two dogs we need to you know make sure they get out for yeah for as well so plus you have long days too right yeah they haven't been too bad um it took a while it took a couple of years to to get to a place where i could you know work some consistent hours mm. um so you know um not too many long days they're probably like nine nine or ten hours mm. you know, like, yeah but you know you try and pack in as much as you can there mm. It's good. Are you able to when you're at work? Do you do you feel like you want to take breaks sometimes, or do you just go go go? I I don't know. I never really feel like breaks because I mean, to be honest, I, I just love being in the restaurant. So I just love all my time there. It's you beautiful. Know? I I have days where it's like okay, you know, it's on us, and we gotta we gotta move, and we gotta go, and then you have some slower days where you can kind of sit there and contemplate things and work on other projects or, you know, if I have downtime, I'm working on new menu ideas and, mm. you know, or trying to get at the stack of paperwork that, you know, needs to get done or, yeah. and if I don't have any of that, then I'm just bugging, bugging all the cooks in the kitchen. And they're probably like, man, why, why doesn't chef just go home? Cause he's bugging the hell out of us right now. <laughs> yeah. It does happen sometimes. That's good though, oh, yeah. right? That's the team building right there. Oh, definitely. I mean, or, you know, I have times where I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go hang out in the dish pit and wash dishes for a while, or I'm mm-hmm. going to go clean the storage room or, you know, just. Yeah, it's never ends. Whatever. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Is, is routine important for you? Yeah. I mean, as a chef, you're kind of a creature of routine, but, uh, Definitely, it, it's important, um, but I find it's also important not to get too entrenched in that routine because, mm. you know, then you can find yourself, you're unable to handle when changes come. Yes. And, where, where do you draw your inspiration from? Like, have you been down south, like California and checked out some places even further down? Yeah. Um, you know, I would... I've, yeah, I've been down south and, and checked out restaurants there. I checked out, you know, I've been all over Canada checking out places. And, 
um, you know, honestly, with, with the advent of, uh, you know, social media and things like that, you, you can kind of keep tabs on what people are doing. Mm. Um, so, like, technique-wise and things like that, I, I like to look at what other chefs are doing and see what's happening. But um, from that, other flavor-wise, it's kind of just thinking about what, what is around you. Um, you know, the both the restaurants I, I run are so very different in the in the, the message we're trying to put out there you know cohen's is you know we pub food that's kind of leveled up so we're you know we make everything from scratch uh we're trying to like just give you a little bit of a you know a little bit of you know upscale version of of what you would kind of regularly know mm-hmm. um, like our best seller is what we call our rink burger and that's like my my nod to um you know, all the arenas and skating rinks around Saskatchewan and you would go get a, you know, a quick hamburger while you're there. Right. So it's kind of giving you that, but a little bit leveled up. Yeah. Um, But then with Picaro, you know, we were, you know, five white people trying to open a taco restaurant. So Mm. I like to take the heart and soul of, you know, Latin and, and Mexican cuisine but then bring that to to Saskatchewan and and use what we have around us uh, to showcase that because that, that that truly is what what tacos and and especially in Mexico and Latin America is it's it's built out of like this you know using what is around you and using what is available uh, for that so for me to try and replicate something that you know I had in in Mexico is it's not possible because we're not there the the fruit is different. the The peppers are different. Yeah, you know, things like that. So you got to use what it, what's around you, and and that and I, that's what I when I'm creating dishes and and even competition dishes and things like that is trying to think about you know take an aspect of if I'm using duck, then okay, what lives and grows around duck, mm-hmm. or what what lives and grows in this region, and and put those things together um, because they 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 you know, they grow next to each other for a reason. Yes. And then they, that's a good combination and the taste might be really good. Yeah. Well, for sure. Mm, I get that combination. I couldn't, I couldn't express it the way you did, but I just tried my best. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. You bringing this up again and again, competitions. Yeah. You, you are ambitious and you like to compete. I, I, I assume. Yeah, I never thought I was going to be a competition chef, but uh, just kind of fell into it, I guess. Sure, let's say it. <laughs> That's just happened. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so it started with, uh, we just, uh, Chris and myself had just got back to the city in 2014. Okay. Back to Saskatoon, we're at the Bez. Um, and there's like the gold medal plates competition, which is now called, uh, Canada's great kitchen party, and th- um, which is a fundraiser competition in, uh, 11 different cities. And then the, the winners of those cities go on to the Canadian culinary comp or Canadian culinary championships, which is hosted in one city. And it's a grueling three day competition. So this is like national competing. Yeah, so national. I mean, you compete regionally and then you compete nationally, and you have to be asked to to compete. Who, um, who's going to ask you? 
who's that? Uh, there's so there's a there's a national head judge and then there's regional head judges and they you know kind of figure you out and and ask ask everybody to to compete in these things. So. Uh, okay, so they come and find you. Yeah. So the competitions themselves are a lot like um, Top Chef Thunder Bay or whatever yes. you guys have there. Mm-hmm. So it's it's uh, a huge space. Um, it's like 400 people. You have your booth. You're serving food to everybody. But then you have a time for the judges. So you go to the judges. You present your food. Um, the idea is that you pair with a – you have a beverage with your, with your dish as well. Good. Um, you, they like you to have – uh, Canadian wine. So you have to pair with a Canadian uh, vineyard. Um, and then, uh, so you feed these 400 people, you feed the judges and then you have to wait around all night till the end of the, everybody ceremony. gets wine too. Everybody. Oh yeah. Everybody gets, you get Oof. wine from everybody. Wow. Uh, yeah. And it, the, the biggest part is it's a great cause. So before when it was gold medal plates, it was raising money for Olympic athletes uh, and their training programs. But now it's, it raises money for food banks across the country, uh, for music programs wow. in schools and sports training programs as well. So, I mean, we, there's Olympic athletes at these things. Uh, I mean, we had George Strombolabagus was the MC nice. uh, last time we were here. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was really good. Um, and it's a really fun competition, but it gets, you know, you gotta, you gotta push the limits of, of what you're doing. Um, cause if you do win, you go to the, the national competition, which, is a three competition um, thing. So you get the first one is a, a mystery wine pairing. So you get given a bottle of wine, no label, no, no label. Nothing. You get no information. Yeah. No information about it. And then you have to go the next day. You have to go out in that city, buy all your ingredients. You know, you only get a budget like this really small budget and it works out to like 20 bucks, a dollar 50 or like a buck, buck 75 per person. And you got to feed 400 people. What? But you have to pair it with this wine as well. Mm. But the wine is not uh, in the budget. Well, you, they give you the wine, so oh, that's okay. yeah. Um, can you see if it's red? And you can taste it, right? You can taste. Yeah, the you wine? can taste it. Yeah, you okay. can figure it out. You can bring your sommelier with you to taste it and and try and figure it out. Mm. Um, you can try and guess what it is. Yeah. Do you, you need points for that? Do you need still the sommelier, or are you able to tell? Um, it's always better to have somebody with wine training around. That's good for sure. That's a good answer. Yeah. This is like uh, a politician answer. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, it's not so much about figuring it out. It's just figuring out what, what's going to go with that dish. Right. Yes. Uh, Yeah. So you do that, you feed, you know, you feed 300, 200 people that night. And then the next morning you wake up at 7am and you have to go to the black box competition. So. Okay. Hang on one second. You, you've done this, right? I've done it twice now. Yeah. Okay. We- not not under my name. I was I was always just part of the team. Uh, I was always under Chris's name. Okay. Um, but yeah, I've been there. Okay. You. So it's as as one chef and the chef has the team. Yeah. Okay. And how big is the team? Well, when you go to the national competition, when, in the regional ones, you can bring ten people with you mm-hmm. to this one because you have to feed everybody. And the in the national one, um, the years that we've been there, I think they've just recently changed it but you get you get to bring two sous chefs with you oh wow okay. and then they provide culinary students to work with you so you get two culinary students to work with you as well to, yeah. okay because you know, it's a lot of work but yeah 
So yeah, after the mystery wine one, you go on the next morning. You wake up at seven a.m. You're on a bus. You go to the black box competition, uh-huh. where the chef only gets to bring one sous chef in with him. Oh, were you picked? I've been that sous chef both times. Ooh, good for you. <laughs> me and Chris have been working together for for ten years. It's just we we know how each other cook mm. and what you know. The first time we were there, people got really freaked out with us because we just we're talking to each other, but we were cooking yeah. and everyone's like, what's, what's going on? Like, yeah. so that was, that was interesting, but That's yeah. Possible. So you do a black box. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I'm always amazed by communication with no talking and I'm yeah. sorry. I, I'm sorry. I'm interrupting you in your story again, oh, but I wanted to highlight that because I think it's a hundred percent possible in a, in a well-performed kitchen. You do not have to speak. You do just know actually the action of the person next to you. You anticipate and you can already make the next step even though the person hasn't done it yet. Well, absolutely. That's key, especially in, in higher-end kitchens. Um, when I was at Lake Louise, I was spent most of my time in the, in the Fairview Dining Room, which is like their fine dining restaurant. So, you know, you're not only is it, you know, high-end, but it's, you know, it's four, five, six courses, each table. And mm. when it's high volume, if you're doing 150 covers a night, but they're all having, you know, five courses. So it's the, lots. the little nuances that you need to grasp to, mm. to know when to go, when to do what. And, you know, one little thing can, it, it really can derail the night if you, if you don't know those little things. So it's true. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so you got picked twice, and the first time you guys didn't talk, and everybody was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, <laughs> but uh, so you do the black box, which is crazy because um, they put you in a room. They they uh, cast it live on YouTube, Ooh. so they put all the chefs and their sous chefs in a room. They take their cell phones away from them, and you just sit there until you're until you're called. Oh, so because there's only three chefs in the room at a time or some of that. So they call them every 15 minutes and then it's like, so they call three chefs and then you wait a half hour, call three chefs, whatever. Yeah. So uh, uh, how long did you wait? The first time we were the second group to go. So it wasn't too bad. The second time we were the last group to go. And that was hell. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> until we were the only ones in the room. because then we could actually start talking to each other again. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so you do that. And then as soon as you're done that competition, you got to go back to wherever the venue is and you do the whole regional thing again. So you do your dish that you did in the regional competition. You feed the 400 people. Uh, okay. So the grueling, it's, it's a three, it's, Essentially, it's three days long, but it's it's you know crammed. The competitions are crammed into two days, and it's it can really take a toll on you. And yeah, it's it's grueling, but it's it really can be the true test of of some chefs because you gotta there's a lot of things you gotta rely on. You gotta rely on your skill, your team, you know, mm. and all that. So last time that we were there, um, you know, the first competition we were. <laughs> There in 2015, uh, the last time we were there was 2019, mm -hmm. and we got silver in 2019. So, yeah, we were 
really, really excited about that. So wow, that's that's big. Yeah, we were the first um, first chefs from Saskatchewan to make it to the podium. Or sorry, we were the second ones, but we were the first ones to get silver. There was a chef that got bronze a few years back, but wow, that's like such a big impact for the region too, right? Yeah, it's it's just you know Saskatoon gets overlooked a lot and uh, for what we have going on and, and the talent that we have so it's it's nice to be able to showcase it and, and put it out there so mm. so that's one of the competitions I was involved in <laughs> okay 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 one question on this yeah what do you feel uh, what did you what did you learn through the competitions and why do you enjoy them so much For those two, and then you can elaborate on your other stories. Um, the for us, it's it's a really a time because Saskatoon's not a it's not a, a high end town. You know, it's 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 a farming town. It's meat and potatoes. Um, so you know, really high end stuff just doesn't really doesn't really go over here. It's people want good food, but they they want a relaxed environment. <clears throat> So we don't get the, the opportunity very much to like do, you know, some of that super high end, you know, fine dining food with, that we love to do. Um, you know, especially the three of us as chefs, we did that for three years and in Lake Louise, um, it was, it was a lot of fun. So we get to flex that, mm. um, you know, in these competitions and you, and, and you get to push yourself too. So then it's, it's time to be really creative, which is, which is super fun. So that's, that's what we get to do. Um, the first time that me and Chris were, were in that competition way back, um, we were, so the, the group of chefs that went to the national competition was like a rock star cast of, of chefs. Like there was John Horn from canoe restaurant in Toronto. There was, you know, Antonio park from park in Montreal. Like wow. he was working with NASA at the time on things like wow. ridiculous, man. You know, like Dave Bahati in Calgary, who at the time was up and coming and is still like really well known. There was Christian Eli, who was the chef de cuisine at Hawksworth in Vancouver at the time. And, mm. you know, just like all these big names. So I think we were a little starstruck and we were just kind of like trying not to yeah. make fools of ourselves while we were there. And the second time we went, You know, we, we just treated it a lot differently. We were, we were focused, mm -hmm. focused on what we were doing. I, you know, me personally, I'm like, I didn't really care what was going on with the other people. Good. It's actually funny that the Dave body was, was in that competition that year with us as well. So it was, it was he ended up winning bronze and, and we won silver. So, wow. um, but yeah, it was just like, we were, we were focused and we weren't really caring about what anybody else was doing. And we just had a game plan and we, we went in and we did it. And That's how it's done. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been, I was in the competition. Well, this past year was a different one. They just did these like take home meal kits and they would do these cities just to help the restaurants out is what they were trying to do. And, and I won this year, but the, the big competition last the year before that, I, I placed silver mm -hmm. and that was my, my first year uh, of having my team in there under my name. Ah. So that was, 
that was super exciting. Um, super proud of that yes. and super proud to win the, win this little competition too, this year mm. I was up against some, some very seasoned, well-known chefs in the city. They had, you know, 10 plus years of experience on me. Mm. So it was, it was good to, to, to get that win. So uh, I'm looking forward to the next one. Why? You know, I got bit with a bug and I like doing it. And yeah, I've been doing, we've been doing this competition for five, you know, five plus years now. Yeah. Um, the first time it was like, okay, we won, we did it. We just wanted to go back. We we wanted to go back and we wanted to prove that we could do it. And, and even before the regional competition started, you know, Chris had said like, this is my last year. I'm done. Mm. I'm not doing it anymore. Win, lose or draw. Like that's it. Um, and now I just want to go back to prove to everybody like I, I get a lot of you know oh you've been working with Chris for your, most of your career you know mm. like, yeah but that's what has got us to where we are you know we're a team it's not a it's not a one does more than the other so yeah I want to go back and to be able to go back to the national competition and and take Alex with me and and for me I think the the honor of being able to get on the podium the two of us you know is is just such an honor you know considering what we've done with chris and and to be able to to prove that would be amazing mm -hmm. i am very oftenly a win a competition and then i'm done with it i'm just like ah, i'll do it and then i'm like yeah whatever <laughs> yeah that's a circle right yeah it, you know a couple of the other like local ones i've done in town are you know the I've been lucky enough to, to win. And, you know, there's, there's some chefs I know there's a, there's a few that just keep every year, just keep doing them, keep, sure. doing, them, keep doing them, whether they win them or not, they just keep doing mm. them. And, and that's fine. You know, but I, I look at it like, okay, I, I proved it. And now I'm going to step aside and, and let some of the younger generation come up and do it. Cause if I keep doing it, it's not giving them the space to do it. Like these, these younger kids aren't going to do these competitions because they're afraid to go up against, you know, guys like, you know, me and, and some of the other chefs in town. So yeah, I, I want to provide that space for them as well. It's like you move up in a different league in a way, like when yeah. you, you know, you can, yeah, you can defend it and you can defend it again, but eventually you, as a being, you, you get it. You, you, you can, you can do this. You want to do the next thing. Yeah, I think it all goes into like that. As a chef, you work so hard to eventually stop cooking. <laughs> like, mm. You know, it's 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 such a weird weird thing in our industry. Yes, it's a complete shift. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's nice. Yeah, it's 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 evolution, right? It's it's always evolving. You're not just stopping, right? You're learning other skills, mm. you know, business management and things like that. So, um, yeah, no, a, a lot of decisions that I would say about, you know, maybe 40% of the decisions I make now are, are based upon what is best for the, the business, not about what this dish is going to be. And, uh, okay. you know, as I progress in here, it'll be more and more onto how to grow the business and how to do this rather than what, what food is going on that plate. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, it's a different shift, but it's all together as a complete package. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's there's a lot of things going on. So you you waiting for the invite then? Yeah. I mean, I, 
I don't want to don't want to say I'm getting invited, but I, I, I more than likely should get invited. But yeah, yeah. If I don't, that's that's, that's fine. It's again, it's not up to me. So yeah, but that's how you set your mind. You you this is you, and this is what you want. And, and you know what? I think that's a good way to think of. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, it's funny. I was listening to uh, your episode with with dave thomas yeah who i worked for i worked for him for a year oh no way yeah um good old dave um and i was listening to him talk about competitions and i was like that is yeah that's that's it mm. i think he was probably the first person that i knew that was a competition guy because he had won some medals in australia ah. and i was like man like how was that like and you know i always had to pry it out of him be like what like what did you have to do what is this and be like ah who's this kid talking to me kind of thing but <laughs> um yeah what he was talking about like that year that he he didn't win top chef and he'd already like the next day started planning the the dish and i was like that, that's exactly it like yeah you know i placed silver in our regional competition that year and i was very proud of that and two days later i was you know going to everybody i'm like hey do you guys, what do you guys think of this idea for a dish like oh, this is my concept this is what we're gonna do <laughs> yes. like oh man yes that that's that's the winner though right that's how you yeah, win. You know, well mm. depending on what you're doing i mean some of the like we have a we have a top chef saskatchewan competition here but it it's more of like a chop style um competition so it's like black box 30 minutes to cook come up with something mm. but we do it on a stage in the park by the river on barbecues which is really hard yeah wow so like that one you gotta just kind of you you gotta think on your feet and, mm. and get it done so yeah, but there's nothing like barbecue food Yeah, except we a lot of us don't end up doing barbecue, but I don't know. Mm, what? How does that work? It, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's just trying to find a way to cook on on a barbecue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you a camper? You like camping? Oh yeah, I love it. Mm. I don't do it as much as I love to, but yeah. You like get out in the wilderness and make some bacon and a good old um, what is it called? Those those iron pans oh cast iron pans yeah. yeah yeah that's probably my favorite thing about camping is i just get excited to be able to cook over like a wood fire fire yeah yeah is there anything like it or is this a sit no there there really isn't mm. like and it's just a different pace right you're not cooking for somebody you're just you'll you'll eat when it's ready and You know, there's there's no clock on the wall. Watches are put away. It's, mm. You know, you're just out there enjoying the you know where you are, and you know we have so many different types of landscapes here in in Saskatchewan that there's you know that's the best thing here is you can you can go down to the grasslands, you can you know you can be out in the prairies, you can go up north into the into the forest, and mm. yeah, yeah, fishing. Yeah, a little bit here and there. I just don't get the time to do it. But mm. lots of golf. That's that's what I spend my time doing. Is Golfing, golf. good. Yeah. Ooh, what's what's your? Is it handicap? Is that what the official? Yeah, question? my handicap's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but 
you know, golf is also good exercise. You know, you you have an open view, your mind frees itself. You you have a good time. You walk a lot or you drive, depending. And yeah, yeah. we started walking this year, so that yeah. was that was good. Yeah. Okay. How how did how was the pandemic for you guys over there? How is it right now? How's Saskatoon? How, how is it going? It's well, it's getting better. Are you guys in lockdown too? No, we're we're not. Our government doesn't like to make the right decisions sometimes. I mean, mm. when they should have locked down, they didn't, and now we're at a point where we just shouldn't lock down. But you know, we had a spike there for a while. For the last few weeks, we were tops, and you know, we were the highest rate in, in the country, which was disappointing, but. Seems to be coming down. Hopefully, um, yeah. Pandemic, like everybody, caught us caught us off guard. Mm. Um, you know, my the building that both of my restaurant, both my restaurants are in, uh, we shut that down. And our other restaurant, uh, Una, it's a Una Pizza and Wine. We kept that open for takeaway and delivery. Mm. Is it's it's pizza. It does very well. Um, we laid off everybody in the company um, and we kept on, you know, we kept on, I think two hourly staff and all of our managers. Mm. And, you know, they was, you look down the line any night and there's two executive chefs and a corporate chef, you know, rolling dough and making pizzas. And, mm. and that's what we did. And we did what we, what we could to make it go. Yeah. Um, We were set up. There's there's already a big delivery uh, following and system in that restaurant, so we were very well set up to handle delivery, and we were ahead of the game for most people. So we did very well over there. Um, and then, you know, after the summer, like July, we we ended up opening uh, Cohen's Cohen's again. Very limited. Um, took a lot of work to reopen that building. Um, but you know, it's been slow going. Um, they put in some, a few months ago, they put in some really heavy restrictions on restaurants. Um, so we can like Cohen's is a, usually about a 90 seat restaurant. Mm. We can fit 35, maybe 40 people in there right now. Okay. But you can still have sit down food. Yeah, we can still have sit down, um, And takeaway business has been great. And, you know, Picaro, you know, we eventually reopened there and it's tough. We can only have, you know, four tables in there at the time. Yeah. So you just kind of take what you can. Um, we're very fortunate to be in Canada though and, and have the government assistance that we, that we do have because, you know, places in the, in the States and other countries that don't have that or, It's terrible and they just they're they're not doing well so you know like i said before we were, were taking um we're, we're we took that opportunity to you know look at some other you know endeavors and sign some contracts so you know it's all about weathering this this particular storm and and get through to the spring and and you know all those weddings and things will come back so mm -hmm. yeah we've had to adapt and we're constantly pivoting and thinking of new ideas and what we can do. And, you know, I feel like every three days it's a, you know, reflect about the, the menu and, 
you know, we've taken things off the menu. We've added things on the menu. We've made it smaller, you know, we're, we're more invested in, in delivery and takeaway. So Mm. it's, it's a do what we can. It's a, you know, it's one of those feelings of like, we just, we just got to keep going because we, we can't, can't let it fail, you know? Yes. Yes. That's great to hear that it's going. Do people come in then? Like, yeah, yeah, they do. Right. Oh yeah. That's good. Yeah. It's good. I mean, tonight we do every Wednesday we do trivia at, uh, at Cohen's and mm. it, it was filling up when I left there today. So nice. Yeah, that's good. And you have the support in the community, right? People come out. It's open. yeah, we we have that support. We see people coming out. Um, it's still tough. Mm. It's still very tough. And it's all about um, providing that safe space for people and making sure that they they feel safe. And, and you know, we take the utmost care in that uh, and to prove that to people. And you really had to earn the trust back on, on a lot of people. I mean, there's, we had a good following that we're like, you know, we trust that group. We trust their restaurants, but you know, some people, you just, you really gotta, you gotta earn that trust that mm-hmm. we have the, the proper space for them. Yeah, for sure. That's how you build friendships too, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. I, I feel for everybody in Ontario and especially in Thunder Bay because like, you get these restrictions and things thrown on you and it's all because of what's happening in, you know, Toronto and that area. And mm. what I've, I've seen, it hasn't been too bad for you, for you guys in Thunder Bay. I mean, it's, yeah. you don't have any huge outbreaks, which is, mm. has, has been good, but uh, still, I mean, to mm. not being able to open restaurants, especially for small restaurants is just, it's devastating. It's crazy. You know, we had, a, we had a spike, you know, numbers went up quite quite a lot and it, when it spreads it goes really quick and you know everybody's being affected by it it's it's not an easy time and then what is the best decision for everybody it's tough it's tough so, so tough and I, and I can't imagine you know for you having you know young kids and mm. trying to explain to them why they can't go see their friends and why they can't you know, go do the things that they're, they're used to doing and yeah. having to stay inside and, or not go to school or yeah. that's gotta be, it's, that's gotta be so tough for you. Hey, Albus needs the in- interaction with people. Like he goes, he goes nuts mentally when he doesn't see kids or, um, mm-hmm. so we decided when school said we want to open up again, we decided to send Albus to school. He's a six year old and we said, okay, let's do it. And he's been there ever since, and they're doing a great part. The school's d- doing the best they can, and now they they all wear masks now, even like SK, JK, and grade one till oh, wow. three. So they have like an assortment of five masks, and they go through them every day. They have to wear them outside, and he's doing really good. Like I'm amazed. I don't know. He's sometimes he says, "Hey, like." the virus still here or where's the virus and you know you have to explain to him what's happening but unfortunately it's going to be a little bit longer i think (laughs) yeah i mean it's when when it all happened i mean we all thought Mm. two three four weeks maybe (laughs) (laughs) here we are like a year later (laughs) it's it's not just gonna go away we're gonna have to sit this out and you know, hope, uh, 
it's going to be a little bit longer till we all get the shots. That's how it's going to go. Yeah. And then the world will be booming. Yeah. It's, it's going to be like a like a post-war boom again. It's going to be the could. 20s all over, the, the early yeah. 20s. It's going to be booming. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. We always talk about people are going to be traveling. You know, Any of the bands you want to see, they're going to be out touring. Yes. Like, it's going to be... It's gonna be a good time. It's just it's a tough, tough time to get there. You, you, you have to keep, get through it. You just gotta keep reminding yourself that it's it's on the other side for sure. Mm. Yeah, and every day that you knock off, it gets you get closer. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes if you break it down in a little bit smaller pieces, it helps. Yeah, uh, that's that's what I find, and I, you know, it's. It's been interesting watching people, seeing a lot of people that are normally like really strong in life and this is really hard for them mm -hmm. and some people that are maybe aren't so strong in life and they're just like, they're cruising through this and, yeah, you know, and maybe, you know, people that uh, have to deal with, you know, some issues and mental health issues and things like that, they're a little bit more equipped to, to handle mm -hmm. some of these things and able to like, just let it bounce off of them and yeah. You know, we were, we were very quick in the beginning, you know, especially with all the lockdowns to be like, you know, we're going to watch the news at this time of day and that's when we're going to get our news and then we're not going to like let it affect us for the rest of the day. It's smart. Yeah. Yeah. Not get immersed in it. And that's the only thing going on. And like I said, we, yeah, obviously use that time to, to try and be productive too and create positive habits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like it sounds that it's 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 working okay for you. You make the best possible thing out of it. Yeah, I mean that's all you can do. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't see. For me, I was just like I I don't see the the problem in, or I don't see what good can come of just dwelling on it and thinking about it. And it's just all right. Let's just keep going. Yeah, plug it. Plug on. Yes. Yeah, you had you kept yourself busy and you got the doggies, got a good family, you know, everything is good. Yeah. Tough thing for us right now is that we can't um you can't interact with anybody outside of your household. So I know like my all of our family here kind of going stir crazy. We there was two two new babies that came into the family <laughs> during this whole thing, so yeah. you know, like It's tough not to be able to go see them, and it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's, I, it, it can be really tough. I got a one-year-old at home. He's he was born like late December, so he's a bit older than a year now, and you know, he hasn't seen many people. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we take him like when we can, we take him outside, and if it's minus twenty, it doesn't work. But if it's like a warmer day. You know, we take him on the slide and he sees things. Or he sees now where he sees doggies walk by with people and he gets super excited right, <laughs> right by the window. It's like, that's oh, good. Yeah. But it's, I don't know if he's going to remember this, you know, because he's still yeah, so that's, young. That's that's what I think about, you know, my, my two nieces. I'm like, you know, he came into this world at a really interesting time. And I just don't know if you're mm. really ever going to grasp what that was. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, well, you know, What's your earliest memory? Like, do you know? I have a really bad memory. I don't remember much. Yeah, I think I'm in maybe two or three. And I, mm. I remember going to 
Omet Canyon. Like that's that's my memory. Yeah, yeah there you go. The, I remember going to Grade One. That's like my earliest memory. Like my childhood is blank. <laughs> it's like it's gone. Yeah. It's crazy. Anything yeah, that happened. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I'm I'm I when when I still had hair, my hair was super curly. You might remember. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had the big like fro going. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You remember. And then like nobody else has that in my family. So sometimes it was like the joke that I got actually adopted, but I don't know because I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but supposedly those genes they skip sometimes a couple of generations. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, who knows? Yeah, my, my sister's a redhead and nobody else in my family is. And it's like yeah. two generations past and one of my like uncles in England was redhead. And that's where she got. That's like, how it goes. That's how it goes. Yeah. Did you... Is, is Saskatoon home now? Yeah. You know, it, it, it is. Like I said, I fell in love with this city. Um And then we, you know, weirdly, I, so I, I met my wife, we, we started dating and then like two months after that, I was like, Hey, I'm going to move to Alberta. <laughs> and I was like, you want to come with me? So mm. she came with me. I thought um, you said, I thought you said, Hey, uh, you want to marry me? <laughs> we, uh, so yeah, she came with me and, um, You know, we bounced around there. We were in Lake Louise and, and Edmonton, and you know, I, you know, obviously, we had the opportunity to come back, and and all of her family is here, and you know, family is very important to to both of us. But um, mm. you know, it was it was a no brainer to to come back and be around family and do it. I mean, we're not opposed to leaving again. There, there's some opportunities on the horizon that'll probably take us away, but mm. yeah, I think I think. Saskatoon's it's home, home now. I mean, yeah. It's a sad thing about Thunder Bay is I, I don't. There's not a lot of people there for me anymore. Um, you know, my my brother and my sister don't live there. My my dad doesn't live there. So yeah. I mean, you know, my, my grandparents aren't there. You know, they're not around anymore. So it's mm -hmm. to go back. I mean, it's been too long. Once we can travel again, I I do plan on. I'm coming to to see some people and, and see the town again, but yeah, you, know, uh, you should, you know. Oh, for sure, I miss it. I, I miss it like hell. I I tell people every day about the Sleeping Giant. Like yeah. I, that is the one thing I miss the most. Like <laughs> being able to look at the Sleeping Giant every day and look out on that lake and it's unbelievable. Yeah, like mm -hmm. it was really weird for me to move to cities that had rivers going through them because i was like this is just weird like yeah i just need to be like on a lake like i want to see that yeah because the lake almost feels like the sea right it's so yeah. big it's so big it's like almost it's almost like a sea oh definitely it's uh you just imagine like so many like what so many possibilities if you just like go onto that lake and mm -hmm. see what else is there yeah if you would have stayed you would have a big boat right now Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No. You. You know. I think it would be good to you know go camping maybe or something. Come over, check it out, and then you're done and you go back. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, 
Thunder Bay will always be my home. I always talk about it that way. Um, people out here are sick of people from Thunder Bay because like that's all we talk about is Thunder Bay, and we point out on TV every time there's somebody from Thunder Bay on TV or you know whatever. But um, yeah, we're just we're we're a proud people. I mean, and that and that's why I love Saskatchewan too. Saskatchewan's a, they're proud people. They're proud of of what they have here. And right on. I, I can get behind that, you know. I, yes. Be part of a community. Uh, yes. And that's and I, like I said to you, like I, you know, these podcasts have been amazing because it's. I feel like I'm reconnecting with with home and mm. reconnecting with people that I know and and to hear, you know, hear what they've been up to and it's it's been, it's been really it's been good for the soul, you know. Yeah, I appreciate that, you know, and I appreciate yeah. you also saying, yeah, let's do a podcast. Because I I also want to put people on that are not right now here in Thunder Bay and talk how it's going over there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's fun. Yeah, I like it. Did you did you watch the fight last week? No, I didn't. You do you not a big watching fights kind of guy? Uh usually I am. I just uh, that one I I wasn't able to watch. I, mm. I guess I missed uh, Conor McGregor getting beat up, but <laughs> which is yeah. Everybody wants to see, but eh. yeah. But you like spicy food, though, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Did you did you <laughs> did you uh, did you see the the hot sauce? Oh yeah. Mm. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's amazing, right? Yeah, like on world stage, right there, right then. Yeah. Mm. The funny thing about that is uh, one of the guys who develops that hot sauce is from uh, Saskatchewan. Really, really. Yeah, mm. I, I was talking to him one time. I was gonna buy a whole bunch for the restaurant, and he was just like, "It's like, oh, I'm from Saskatchewan. I'd love that." And I was like, "Man, this is just so weird." Mm. That's Al. I forget who. Mm. It was it was a few years ago? But yeah, okay. I don't remember my. You know, I speak to some people, a lot of people, and sometimes I lo I lose the the overview. <laughs> Yeah, no, I hear you. I talk to so many like, different yeah. suppliers, and I'm like, ah, man, mm, what? what are you selling again? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, good times. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think we're good. Awesome. Yeah. Well, it's, it's thanks fun. for having me on. You know, this is this has been great. This yeah. Awesome. I appreciate it. I will. I will follow your restaurant there on Instagram. I found it shortly before yeah. we did start the podcast. Thanks, and because uh, it's 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 just like you said. When nowadays you can observe and learn so many things through social media, and you know, I do the same thing for podcasts. I follow a couple podcasts that are like they're bigger than I am, and they do what they do. But it's like good to see how they do it, what they do, and like I still have my own identity and the way I do things. But it's nice to see um, what else is out there, just like you are doing. Yeah, you know, you got to stay in touch with, with what's going on, and you know, that's that's the beauty of of the sharing world now is we're we'll be able to you know express ideas and share ideas you know so mm -hmm. freely. So yeah. So when you when you're gonna be in Thunder Bay, whenever that is gonna be, you have to come by the studio and we do one. Oh, more. for sure. We yeah. Do another episode. 100%, yeah, And then sure. we have some espresso, and we're going to have some Kentucky straight bourbon. Perfect. 
contract. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me, Steve. Oh yeah. All right. Anything else? Or are you good? Just uh, hi to all my Thunder Bay peeps, and I miss everybody there. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Okay, my pleasure, Steve. Thank you so much, and we talk again soon. I cut this off. Bye. Ha, ha, ha.